The Stein Online Clubland Q&A begins right now. Mark Stein's Clubland Q&A is a production of Mark Stein Enterprises and Oak Hill Media. All rights reserved. Hey, everyone. How are you? Welcome to another wonderful live around the planet Q&A. It is Laura Rosen Cohen speaking to you live from Southern Ontario. And I am the guest host for the usual guest host. It's going to be a full hour of uppity Jewish conversation, questions and answers. Uh, it's funny, I was so excited to be here. I got a little jump start uh, at the intro. You know, I'm just uh, Really, really excited to be back with you guys. Uh, it's been a while and truly honored to be covering while Mark and company are sailing the high seas. Well, not really the high seas, but the warm seas. And obviously getting a little bit of sunshine, some vitamin D or vitamin D, as Mark might say. Uh, sunshine, probably not a lot of rest. The, the cruises are really jam-packed with amazing events shows, etc., and lots of schmoozing and meeting new and old friends. So hopefully Mark is getting a little bit of a well-deserved rest, uh, definitely some sunshine on the deck. Hope that everything is going well. Um, as you know, I am not going to do the traditional time zone recitation. Uh, it is just too much overload for my brain, which is cluttered with a mess of domestic things and political things family, etc. So I, you know, I'm keeping track of the time zone that I'm in. I can tell you quite confidently that it is just after 3 p.m. ET Eastern here in Toronto, Canada. Um, and we are going to get started. So I can see that we have a really nice mix of questions. We've got some stuff on America. We've got some civilizational collapse. We've got some Jewy stuff. We've got some Israel stuff, um, some miscellany. Don't forget, you don't have to always ask about the heavy stuff. You can definitely um, speak to me and to the rest of the gang about the lighter things in life, things that are joyful and not, um, you know, bringing us down. Uh, on that note, I thought I would just start off by giving you two sort of uh, more cheery nuggets uh, before we get into the meat of our questions. Uh, I mean, social media, you know, can be a good or a bad thing, depends on how you use it. Obviously, it's a tool. And I follow uh, some interesting people, uh, have a good mix that I follow on Twitter, or rather X and Instagram. And there's one guy that I see great videos from, and he's a dancer and a dance teacher. And I'm going to mess up his name, so I'm not going to even attempt it right now, but I will, maybe I'll throw it into the links uh, this week. Anyways, he encourages people to just get up and dance, that it's really important to move your body. And um, he says, have you danced today? That is a really big question. So sometimes I listen to his advice and sometimes I don't. But today I just felt the urge to put on an amazing 80s and 90s playlist uh, on my Spotify and was dancing around great stuff. Um, some songs, if you follow the lyrics, God, people were like nutty then, but it is really good music. So I was dancing around and honestly, take this guy's advice. Just dance a little bit. It's really good for the soul. So let me know what you guys are dancing to lately, what you're listening to, what your um, go-to kind of move around the house as you dust, etc. kind of tunes are. Be interested in knowing where uh, any of our musical tastes uh, coincide. And um, the other funny thing that I thought I would share with you guys, you know, when you have a laugh that is just like a belly laugh, you know, something that you can't stop, you're almost crying, you almost pee your pants, you just cannot remember the last time that you laughed that hard. So 
I did have such a laugh. Now, it is sort of less frequent, I have to be honest, since Kathy Shadle died. Like the two of us together, going back and forth, even online, would come up with these things that were so crazy and so funny. As you know, Kathy had a wicked sense of humor. So obviously, I still miss Kathy more than ever, still miss our exchanges and that that belly laugh kind of thing. Um, sometimes we would loop Mark into the loop of the exchange as well. And it's just fun times. Um, anyways, I saw something on Twitter that I also thought was just, it was really funny. And every time I think about it, I laugh. So I thought I would share it with you guys in case you missed. There was a little, uh, okay, I keep calling it Twitter. The, the X formerly known as Twitter. There was a spat between um, Carrie Lake and um, Megan McCain. So I don't know the back and forth that happened before, but basically what happened was that Carrie Lake uh, extended kind of an olive branch to Megan McCain. And it was a bit, I thought it was a bit over the top, something about basically let's let bygones be bygones. I haven't looked into the whole history. Obviously, I'm assuming that there was some bad blood uh, between these people. I mean, not everybody was a fan of John McCain, let's be honest. I mean, not everybody's a fan of, of uh, Megan McCain either, and that's totally legit, and, and of Carrie Lake. And um, so she extended some kind of an olive branch about blah, 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 maybe things have been bad, etc. And, um, you know, let's unite. And I think it was about uniting around Trump for the good of the country or something like that. And Megan McCain uh, tweeted or posted back to Carrie Lake in all caps, no peace, comma, bitch. And <laughs> there were there were a lot of people who thought that was really crude. Um, even people appealing to Ben Dominich to like rein in your wife. She's gross. She's rude. But I had, I did, I had a belly laugh about it. I thought it was so funny. And I'm again, not Megan McCain's biggest fan. I've never had any personal exchange with her. Um, but I just thought to myself, we can talk about that because nobody is under any obligation to forgive people who torment them or who are cruel to them or sadistic. Um, you're under no obligation to do so. So it, it, it was so funny and so from the gut, it kind of actually reminded me of people talking about the Six Day War um, and saying, you know, six days, bitch, that was the war um, when Israel destroyed um, multiple Arab armies and entire air forces on the ground in six days in 1967. And I think that is the kind of fighting spirit and sort of unapologetic from the gut um, spirit that that often you need. Um, I think conservatives in particular are very quick to be, oh, okay, forgive and forget, let bygones be bygones. But there are things that are worth not forgetting. There are things that one cannot forgive. I mean, I am still angry and really pissed about all the COVID shenanigans, the tyranny, um, have not forgiven everything that happened. Uh, anyways, forgiveness is earned. Forgiveness is a holy thing. And to forgive somebody, I think that you really have to have repentance. People have to show remorse and it has to be earned. So I love that. All caps, no peace, comma, bitch. So on that happy note, uh, we are going to get into your questions. And like I said, I'm really honored and thrilled to be here. If it, if it, uh, <laughs> at the intro. If you heard me fade out for a second, it was because I was just so excited and I got a little mixed up with my buttons on the control panels here. Um, and that's nothing new, but let's, let's go right into a great question that I think lends itself to this theme and, um, talks about Mark too. So Alison Castellina wrote, someone has commented on the current Mark Stein cruise. And I would just say that that's in the comments in the club, um, comment section that many participants are very relieved to have briefly escaped finding their way around woke. I know just how they feel. The wider public space is being drained of joy, comedy, and spontaneity by individualists offended and humorless outraged. I wonder, however, whether we should venture out of our echo chamber to try to connect with the polarized railers and haters to show that we have more in common than we have to separate us. I've been asked to throw a leaving party at work where I am almost completely surrounded by woke and ultra woke. 
I've been tempted to show my silent disapproval by not inviting the ultra-woke. Then I realize that via a common liking for music, I can claim back the common ground for joy and community, if nothing else. My question is, do you think it's worth the effort? So, uh, Alison, I think that's a great question. And you've raised a lot of different issues in that. So first of all, above all, I, I really do feel that when you're at work, if it's not your business and you're not the boss, then you really ought to be just putting on your happy face because that's what you're getting paid for, to put on a happy face, come and do your job, get your paycheck, and then go home at the end of the day. And I think a lot of people, especially women, make the mistake of really burying their identity in 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 things that are not really necessarily a career, but it's a job. So my motto would always be, you know, keep the job, keep the paycheck, and do whatever it is that you're being asked to do, well, within your conscience, of course, in order to, to get your salary, because that's what you're there for. So I think that definitely invite even the wokiest, wokey, wokey, wokey people. Um, it is possible that you could find some common ground, you know, on the basis of music and stuff like that, or other artistic things. Maybe people are all, maybe they're knitters or crocheters, etc. But, you know, I think once people find out that you are not uh, woke and don't have the same beliefs, they are mostly a pretty unforgiving lot. So I think it's better to just keep that stuff to yourself. Um, you know, in previous iterations of my life, I have uh, ventured very carefully into the territory of political discussions. I think you really have to sniff out who you're having a conversation with because people are tattletales. People keep running around and tattletaling on people and running to authority. And if you can't stand that heat, then don't get into that kitchen. So um, I think you can still have a relatively good party and it's nice that you've been trusted with that responsibility, but I would say, you know, keep a poker face, um, chit chat about the things that you have some common ground, but don't expect to be forgiven um, by any of these woke stopo folks just because you're like normal in your taste of music or even clothing. But when you have conservative or non-woke views, the guillotine will fall very quickly. So, um, but just getting to the fact that people have discovered others like them, you know, especially on the cruise, I do think it is possible to find like-minded people. I think you have to be a bit brave and a bit courageous. And, um, like I said, kind of sniff people out. Often people are just scared to, to make the first move in terms of like identifying themselves as not being on the lunatic fringe. And, um, and then you can kind of have a laugh with them, but you can also quickly find out who you ought not to be making that kind of conversation with. But definitely, I would highly recommend um, the Mark Stein Cruise is really full of those exact kind of like-minded people. And I think that one of the best things for people is not feeling like you have to be on guard all the time if you say an off-color joke or something that is actually not racist, but people think is racist, blah, blah, blah. So definitely check out um, upcoming cruises when you have a chance. That would be my advice. Thank you, Allison, for that great question and comment. Uh, let us go now to, oh God, Rob, I'm going to completely mangle your last name. So if you feel like uh, throwing another comment in the comment section about how to pronounce your fabulous last name. I could, I could try it. Rob Grzesak. How did I do? You'll let me know. Um, Rob writes to us. <clears throat> Hi, Laura. Was Biden's quote announcement of a deal between Israel and Hamas in Michigan, a pathetic pander to bolster his pro-Palestinian base or just another gaffe where he's out over his skis and his staff quickly has to walk back his comments? I've never really felt he would have Israel's back for longer than a week or two, so maybe his ground pronouncement of a deal is both. His true colors and a gag all wrapped up in one. P.S. I love reading Laura's links and always keep you and your family in my prayers. Um, first of all, Rob, thank you very much for keeping me in your prayers. That really means a lot to me and I appreciate it very much. Um, obviously I am a firm believer in the power of prayer. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, as for the Biden announcement and this whole Michigan situation, I think, um, 
you know, many things can be true at the same time. I think that deep inside, Joe Biden is not a friend of Israel and not um, a friend of the Jewish people, really. Although he did make some very nice statements, you know, when the war initially broke out. But um, what we're seeing now is really a, a very um, diminished uh, capacity, Joe Biden. So even though he's a not nice person, um, you know, that those roots really still shine through. But Everything is really still being controlled, I think, as I've commented elsewhere, from Martha's Vineyard. You know, let's be honest about this. It is Obama's third term. They're gunning for an Obama fourth term, even though they might have a slightly younger, um, well, actually, you know, Gavin Gavin Hairgel is also sort of an idiot. Like, he's really dumb, too. He's a younger version of a, of a puppet Muppet. Um, whoever they're going to put in the office next time, it won't matter because it's all the same Obama people behind behind the scenes, behind the curtains. And Obama's animus towards you know Netanyahu particularly, but Jews, I think, in Israel in general, was legendary, legendary. So I think what we're seeing now is really um, the betrayal of an ally. It's it's absolutely disgusting. And I was reading something by Caroline Glick earlier today that basically Biden, like I say Biden in quotation marks, but the Biden administration, all the Obama um, idiots uh, behind the scenes have assigned uh, Israel a paper, um, which is a ceasefire, and they have to come up with a plan for, you know, a new Palestinian state and a ceasefire. And if they don't get an A plus on it, then um, America will stop supporting Israel and stop um, making arms available to Israel. And I think she's really got it right there. Um, America, and uh, and speaking to all the Americans out there, you guys, this is like end stage decadence, um, end of republic type of thing. I, I mean, Mark has been talking about this for decades, seeing it in slow motion. But there are things that are so disastrous. I, I just don't know how people can't be more um, animated about these things happening in America. Like it's heartbreaking. It is absolutely heartbreaking. And again, people will say to me like, oh, you're Canadian. What do you care? Because America, you have to understand, America is more than a country. America is an ideal. And America was and ought to be the world's, I don't want to say policeman, but like moral authority, you know, and that hasn't really been the case since um, World War II. Like America hasn't won a war since um, since then, I mean, I don't think we can talk about victories. It's been um, mistake after mistake. There's a Hebrew word, fashla, which is like a mess. It's just a mess. America can't win wars. Um, and so we're seeing chaos in the world because of that. And the only force that held it back sort of slowly was um, Donald Trump, you know, sticking a, a finger in the dam and trying to hold back the floodwaters. Uh, and I know people feel really sort of confident because Trump is doing so well in in polls and every time a fake trumped up um, charge get thrown gets thrown against him his popularity numbers go up but I've said this before I I am actually not convinced that there will be another Republican in the White House because the Democrats and the political left is so corrupt they they are showing you what they can get away with and, um, you know, Mark, Mark calls it the margin of cheat. Like they're figuring that out right now while idiot Republicans are, are twiddling their thumbs and, and sorry, talking about IVF and stuff like these things that are absolutely irrelevant um, on the planetary uh, scene. So, um, Rob, it's it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, there are just there is a real upper elite level, um, State Department, Foggy Bottom, um, Harvard, Ivy League, hatred of Jews and hatred of Western civilization and Judeo-Christian culture. And, um, you know, these people were elected too many times. They got drunk and high on their fumes too many times. And the election system is so corrupt in America that I cannot see how the Democrat and uh, the wicked left will let, in quotation marks, another Republican in the White House. So um, not super optimistic. Uh, if you guys have a different opinion, do let me know and uh, we can take it up. 
moving right along, we have really thanks guys for the questions. Okay. So Alyssa Angel has written, um, has the USA abandoned Israel by demanding a ceasefire in Gaza without Israel's war objectives being, uh, I guess, being meant, being, being achieved? Follow up, where are the remaining hostages taken by the Hamas-led invasion in southern Israel on October 7th? Um, so first of all, yeah, we've discussed that. I mean, America is not a trusted ally anymore of um, its traditional allies. It's a trusted ally of some of the most heinous uh, countries and ideologies in the world. I mean, like Iran, could it be worse? Uh, no. So um, has the U.S. abandoned Israel? Yeah, that started a long time ago. And people, anybody who calls for a ceasefire in Gaza is calling for a Hamas victory. And what you're saying by saying ceasefire is that it's okay for these bloodthirsty Hamas terrorist savages to rape, murder, disfigure, mutilate, and behead and kidnap innocent Israeli civilians and um, foreign workers, children, women. That's fine. And they should get rewarded for it. So imagine how much you have to hate Jews and Israel and actually hate the forces of life in order to make such a cockamamie statement and such a transparent, disgusting statement. It's repulsive. And I will point you guys to a piece written by Seth Mandel. I think it was published today in Commentary, where he really delves into the sadism of Palestinian, quote, culture and what these generations of Palestinians have been raised on and what we are now seeing as a result in North America. It is dangerous, bloodthirsty, savage stuff. And it is here in our spaces, in our schools, on our streets, uh, because of the cowardice of people who were supposed to be our leaders. Absolute cowardice, unforgivable ruination of our countries, irreversible because of their disgusting cowardice or their complete identification with the nihilism and the sadism of our enemies. Either way, it's it's very bad. Um, so yes, anybody who calls for a ceasefire, and you can still feel very bad for the civilian population of Gaza, even though I personally am very pessimistic as to the number of, quote, innocent Gazans that there are. I mean, we really saw who the Gazans were celebrating on October 7th, and civilians and UNRWA workers have been holding or did hold hostages. So um, where are the innocent civilians? And uh, I think I posted a piece from Tablet Magazine previously where it was like, you know, we have stories of Holocaust um, survivors and Holocaust victims who were held um, and sheltered by very brave, um, righteous Gentiles in many different countries. Where are the stories of even one single Palestinian Gazan? One stepping in and saying, hey, this is not a good idea, risking their life to save a Jew or a Thai worker, none of it. So please spare me the innocent civilians. But um, as for your other question as to where are the remaining hostages, well, you know, if we knew that, we'd be in great shape. I believe Israel has quite a lot of excellent um, intelligence, and that's how they were able to rescue two of the hostages. But, you know, you figure Gaza is is a big place, and um it's going to be hide and seek. And I don't, I don't know if anybody knows. And I pray for the hostages. I, I can't spend too much time thinking about it because it absolutely sort of just weighs on me so much. And I start to really have horrendous intrusive thoughts that make it impossible for me to carry on with the day. But um, I, I guess the, the answer is we don't know. And the more horrifying possibilities that any of them ha have been transferred even from Gaza, which is hell on earth enough, um, you know, to Egypt and then to another place like Iran, God forbid. These are nightmare scenarios and we just don't have the answers. We just don't know, Alyssa. Um, thank you for that question. And I got a little heated. I might have to take a little sip of water to calm down. Um, okay, let's see what else we got here. We have Jesse Glazer, 
who writes, hello, Laura, I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoy your column every week. I really look forward to it. It is nice to have a Jewish mom to look into the abyss with us. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yes, I am the Jewish mom. Um, you know, everybody's Jewish mom. I, I always do forget that my life is very, very Jewish, like really Jewish. And I know that there's people who out there who live, who are listening, who live in places where there are not many Jews or not many Jewish communities. And for me, sometimes I have to just like stop and pause and remember that um, my life is particularly um, built on and surrounded by um, Jewish life. So um, I appreciate that you appreciate me. Um, that is very nice of you. And um, I am really glad to be here always. I am so honored to be able to um, have some space, a safe space at Stein Online. Mark is super tolerant of all my various idiosyncrasies and um, strange nature. So I will be around uh, for as long as he tolerates me in the Jewish mother safe space of Stein Online. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Appreciated. Uh, okay, let us move along. We have a question from, from Kelly Walter, who writes, uh, Laura, in your recent Newsweek column, you claim that the that uh, Biden is the victim of elder abuse. I'm, I'll post that uh, column that I that I wrote about elder abuse in um, this week's links, just in case any of you um, didn't see it. Uh, I'm I basically say that Joe Biden is the victim of elder abuse. It is so obvious and pathetic. And at what price, you know, is Jill Biden? What is the price of? Joe Biden's dignity. Like, is it, is this all really worth it? So anyways, you can check it out another time. But, um, Kelly is asking, uh, and I argue that someone should step in on his behalf and encourage him to resign or even remove him from office. If Joe is not really in charge, who do you think is actually calling the shots from day to day? I rarely hear anyone mention a chief of staff or even a cabinet member who seems to be prominent or even in charge behind the scenes. Is there someone who actually shows up at the White House every day and runs things? <clears throat> Excuse me. I welcome your thoughts. Just one sec. I'm going to take a little sip here. So I think we covered a little bit of that before. Uh, I believe that it is uh, Barack Obama uh, who is running the show. And he doesn't have to be there showing up. We all have Zoom now. Teams. Can you imagine? Or maybe they have a little Slack channel. Um, it's Barack Obama and Michelle Obama for sure. And probably Hillary Clinton, um, in as much as they can tolerate one another, that's who's calling the shots. I mean, there is, there is really nobody, um, in the current administration that you can point to who is even reasonably competent. I mean, that spokes moron. She is like the worst at this job. Now, I will say something nice about her. Her makeup is very tasteful. I like that she wears bold colors. Um, and that's about it. She is useless at that job. Like it's pathetic. Like somebody should do that gong show thing where they, they get the big, you know, cane rod and just like pull her off the stage, like gong. She cannot do anything. Um, all the generals, which Mark describes as having being ribboned from their chest to scrotum, like that is all they can do is prance around stages. You have a, a mental case, um, transgendered wackadoodle, that um, Levine guy, Rachel Levine guy. I mean, there's nobody of confidence. So none of the people that are being paraded uh, in the public on a daily basis are at all competent. So I think that it is Barack Obama, um, and that will be my opinion until somebody tells me otherwise. I have no reason to suspect that Gavin Newsom will have any real actual power, um, even if he does get elected, even if they throw Joe under the bus soonly and, and put Gavin in place. So that's, that's what I think. Um, let's move along. Eric Dale Laura, hail to the queen of the Q&A, long may she reign. I recently heard a guest on Tucker saying that our elites in the intelligence services, 
supported free speech when it was destabilizing unfriendly governments, but it turned on a dime when populist opinion began to threaten, however modestly, the old consensus that solidified their power. Indeed, our betters found a loophole against free expression in combating disinformation, even as the suppressed speech usually turns out to be more accurate than the official narrative. If our betters are finding loopholes in the guarantee of free speech, what other basic freedoms are they looking for exceptions? So uh, thank you, Eric, for your pleasant salute and nod to Q&A royalty. Very much appreciated. Um, the real question is, what are they not trying to control? They want to control everything, everything. They want a Chinese social credit model where everything you consume is registered and tracked digitally, your consumption of everything, your movement, how many steps in a day, how many sips of water, there's really nothing that they don't want to control. And um, and I think, obviously, that's why Mark gets so riled up and says, don't wave your constitution around, because it means nothing. It means nothing. There, there have been so many uh, encroaches on our liberties, um, more in Canada, I think, than in America in general. Uh, but they're all the same. They just wear different suits and have different accents. Um, it is no surprise that they're using uh, the way that I heard it explained, which I, I think it was maybe Mike Benz that you were referring to that interview, um, with Tucker. And he basically explained how the tech companies were purposely engaged by the administration to do things that they aren't allowed to do on paper. So these supra constitutional things and, um, nobody has really been organized enough to fight back against that in a proper way. And the other problem is that there's no authority now to appeal to, um, like really Supreme court, like, is that going to make a difference? Like the Supreme court is not really filled filled with these, uh, with impressive conservatives who or constitutionalists, um, that, that are, and they're not super interested in restoring or guaranteeing rights. So there's no adults in the room in terms of guaranteeing rights under the constitution. And again, this is why America matters, because it's a domino effect for the rest of the world. So when democracy and freedom of speech is degraded um, in America, there is a ripple effect all over the world. And, you know, free, free speech is thus is the freedom. That is the cornerstone, because without it, if you can't talk about ideas, if you can't discuss it, if you can't criticize, you have no freedom, then you really go down a very quick road to Soviet Union territory. And then, um, you know, you get into um, journalists dying, you know, by bullets to the backs of their heads and being pushed off tall buildings. So it's it's a very short drive um, from here to there. Um, so I think everything has to be concentrated on freedom of speech, um, freedom of expression, which obviously ties us into everybody, if you can, as you can, supporting Mark um, as he fights these battles. Uh, there's a lot of people who who don't have a clue um, what is at stake. They're just keeping their heads down. Um, Mark gets it, and he has for decades. Um, so the bottom line is there's nothing that these evil, awful, horrendous people do not want to control. They want it all, and they're never going to stop. So everybody gets exhausted now and again, um, fighting it and trying to push it, push it back. But this is going to be a lifelong battle because they are never going to give up. Um, thanks, Eric, for that question. Um, okay, we have a question here from uh, Frank Gallenstein. Hi, Laura. Uh, thanks for filling in for Mark. I finally heard a TV pundit state what I have believed for a long time about most newspapers reporting on crimes. That is, the newspaper's reluctance to identify the legal status, minority race, or religious convictions, some religions, for those accused of crimes. They believe informing the public will only fuel the existing discriminatory beliefs of their readers. I can think of no other logical reason for them to do so. I would like any of them to inform readers if there is another reason. Their assumptions are arrogant and extremely insulting to those, a majority, who are not affected in this manner. 
Meanwhile, they fail to report the facts as well as the full harm, the policies they advocate and support cause. Your thoughts, Frank? Ooh, that, that, is, a, that is a great um, question, question slash comment, um, Frank. So yes, obviously, um, these people are betters in media, do not trust you with the truth. Um, they do not trust you to trust your own lying eyes. So they are vague. They are just absolute liars in a lot of cases. And it's a reluctance to discuss facts. And facts are what help us inform ourselves, make decisions, change our opinions. Um, if you don't get the facts, you can't have good policy. You can't have people advocating for good policy. Now, they, they, do, they do their best to keep the facts out of the... Um, out of the news. And really, I think that's why we have to give a tremendous amount of credit to Elon Musk um, for purchasing Twitter, now known as X, because that is where a lot of the stories are coming out, real stories um, that are important without being censored. Um, so there's a reluctance to talk about uh, black crime, especially black on black crime in America. And um, yes, they will try to hide it from you. They will lie about it. And it makes people really upset and angry because uh, you're being gaslit and t being told to swallow lies and um, just go along with it and not uh, trust your gut. You know, it's like when you're on a dark street and uh, and you see somebody suspicious and you there are people who are mad at themselves for uh, listening to the own to their voice in their head saying that looks like a bad dude you know get away from them cross the street but the people who stay and are like no everything's good everything's you know everybody's the same um, I'm being crazy they're the ones who get like you know murdered and killed and whatever you have to trust your instinct on certain things trust your eyes trust your gut um, so yes they believe that the public will fuel existing racist beliefs, which is, it's, it's awful. It's, it is condescending and terrible. And the only way to escape that is with alternate, um, media sources, which is why, um, governments like the Biden administration and the Trudeau administration are trying to, uh, crack down on independent media and making it hard for people to have a web page and, and a website because they don't want alternative voices. They're trying to fill all the cracks anywhere that there's um, an expression of truth coming out, anywhere where it pokes out. Um, so very good uh, observation. Now, to your point about um, they fail to report the facts as well as the full harm, the policies they advocate and support cause. Now, something uh, tragic and, and interesting happened um, last week. Uh, you guys may have seen the story. Uh, she was a former, I'm, I'm going to probably get some of the details wrong, but basically the gist of it is a former, I think she was the former YouTube CEO. Um, uh, and I can't remember her name, but her teenage son. Uh, and so we're talking about somebody who was in the elite forces of um, the American workforce in hot, in big tech, a leadership position, very well known. Her son died of a drug poisoning um, in his dorm room, I believe it was, <clears throat> 19 years old, um, and it was fentanyl. And so this is a horrendous tragedy, um, the whole fentanyl crisis. I mean, American kids, Americans are dying because of Chinese poison. And um, and again, Republicans and rib rock conservatives are talking about the goofiest stuff like Donald Trump's gold sneakers. Um, so the point is that the people who put reckless, awful, stupid, nihilistic, suicidal policies in place in America um, were sort of riding on the fumes of being, um, of not being vulnerable to said positions. So in other words, the demand for cheap labor, um, which you know uh, necessitates an open border and a stream, an invasion into America, um, destroying the middle class, destroying cities, the invasion, the liberal elites who put these policies into place lived in their gated communities and never felt that their policies would come and bite them in the tuchuses. That is why they felt um, emboldened to double down on them. But now there's no protection, even for the elites, 
for the devastating consequences of their policies. And so it is only at that point where there will be some kind of reckoning about the devastating policies. Only when they are hit in the places that hurt them the most will they reluctantly be dragged kicking and screaming to more sensible and less destructive policy. It won't happen because they want it to happen. They built their lives and they built these castles in the sand. Um, But we are seeing more rumblings about securing the border from different places. So um, again, this is a tragedy. Um, We haven't really talked too much about the invasion of America or the fentanyl. I mean, basically, it's the Chinese poisoning of much of the American population while they simultaneously buy up farmland, farmland and real estate. Um, and and then in the meantime, uh, Joe Biden is licking ice cream cones and talking about fantastic, um, fantastic uh, geriatric sex. I hope you guys are able to hear me. Um, technically, uh, I think we're still okay. I am getting good readings from, uh, from my little bopping screen here. So let's move on. Um, okay. I'm going to take, let's see, we've got a question from Brian from Minneapolis. Dear Laura, Straight from the desk of Justin Trudeau, I affectionately call him Justin Castro, we have in a list of things for Ukraine. Oh, this is this is amazing. Thank you, Brian. Oh, gender inclusive, um, demining for sustainable futures in Ukraine. They want a gender and diversity group to promote gender transformative mine action in Ukraine. The Undersecretary Jean-Pierre Lacroix of the Department of Peace Operations of the UN has gender guidelines for mine removal programs. Their DEI obsessions are costing lives here and in Europe while our enemies are laughing at us. Are we screwed, Laura? Brian, yes, we are screwed. Screwed Orama. Screwed Aramalama. Ramadan, Ramalama, Ding Dong screwed, like major league screwed. Yes, Um, that is ridiculous, obviously. With all the Ukraine stuff, though, I have to tell you, it's so hard to know whether these ridiculous people actually have some kind of a belief in the stupid things that are proposing, or if it's just for the grift, who knows? Um, So that is just amazing. Um, DEI, yes, we should rightfully be referring to D-I-E. Lots of people going to die because of these policies. Uh, lots of people. And I think I, I do have kind of a sense that we are at a little bit of the tipping point for the beginning of the end of DEI, D-I-E. Um, I've seen a few stories that uh, give me a little bit of hope that the tides will be turned because um, there's been stories about DIE programs in aviation. There was something that Matt Walsh talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, how he got a lot of messages from pilots and there was a presentation where, where the DEI, and again, these people are, this is like a phony baloney job, you know, these equity diversity coordinators, massively puffed up bureau- bureaucratic morons, um, often who have serious plagiarism issues, no real credentials, um, just tick the right boxes. Anyways, they were talking in this presentation about uh, how wonderful it would be to go from, um, how did they put it? It was horrifying. Oh, from um, ramp to cockpit. Yes, that is what they said. How wonderful it would be to encourage the career shift from ramp to cockpit, meaning let's get those baggage handlers into cockpits. Now, that is crazy. That is insane. Lots of people will die if you try to force a baggage handler through a pilot's course to get him or her or she, they, them, into the cockpit so that you can feel good about yourself and your diversity and inclusion situation at your company. 
Um, same with engineering um, and medicine, medicine as well. Really bad situation. Uh, lots of stories coming out. So um, I think we're getting close to the beginning of the end, but Brian, we are totally, like totally screwed. Uh, let there be no doubt about that. We're totally screwed and have a nice day. Um, thank you for the question. Um, let's see. We have, uh, okay. Jamie Marsh. I think this is a great one. Thanks, Jamie, for this one. Jamie says, hi, Laura. I was hoping to get your opinion on Trump. While I'm sure I'll vote for him, why should I have any assurance that he'll do any better against the deep state and intel agencies than he did last time? That's why I would personally prefer RFK Jr., who I think would do better against the deep state. But I'm afraid a vote for RFK Jr. in the end is a wasted vote. Curious about your opinions as an independent observer from Canada. Um, okay, so I think... There, I, I am sort of of the mind of a lot of the people who supported, the thoughtful people who supported DeSantis and realized that he wasn't going to get the nomination and said, okay, DeSantis was my guy, but now it's Trump and I am going to vote for anybody who is not the democratic formaldehyde pudding brain dementia guy. Uh, I'm going to vote for whoever the Republican candidate is. I, I think you're actually right that voting for RFK would be um, a wasted vote, even though, as Mark has pointed out, he is one of the only people talking about thoughtful, important things. Um, I think it would be great if Donald Trump and his ego allowed um, for bringing RFK into the fold. I mean, I think you can do really interesting things and creative things bringing people into your circle um, because Trump really doesn't seem to hold long grudges. Like once it's over for him, it's over. He's pretty, it's pretty wild that way. So if I were an American, I would of course be voting for Trump. Trump did amazing things. One thing that you can say about Trump, despite all his flaws, and he is a flawed human, um, there were no wars going, no, no new wars. Um, I thought it was phenomenal that he moved the embassy um, to Jerusalem without consequence. Like the point is not that he did something that's good for the Jews or good for America, but like none of, of America's and Israel's enemies did anything about it. It was just like, okay, great, good job. And I don't think October 7th would have happened if Trump was um, in the White House. America's enemies were scared of Trump. That's called deterrence. That's what America should have. Now, are there a few things that I think he probably could have done better? I personally and I, uh, American friends of mine have um, a different opinion about this, but I thought that he could have done better by the January 6th um, prisoners. There's political prisoners, I think, but I don't know what his uh, considerations are. That is just one thing that really I, I find uh, horrendous, the January 6th thing. Um, surely it's possible to help them more visit, make a statement. Um, so I would say to me, there's like no question. It's like a no brainer. Um, you, you either vote for Trump or, or you end up with something even worse, you know, possibly than the current, um, Biden administration. Um, that's me observer from Canada. Uh, I don't know how much my thoughts, um, matter on this topic, but as I say, my, my bigger fear is that, um, the plotting and the corruption and the election steal is going to be on a much grander um, scale. And I'm very concerned that there will not be any chance for a Republican to ever, ever, like ever be back in the White House. Um, thank you, Jamie, very much for, for that. Okay, let's see, we've got um, Suzanne... Rennie, who says, hi, Laura, no question. Just hope you and your family are well and that you're enjoying our little taste of spring in February. It's nice hearing your voice once again. Best to all the Mark Stein cruisers out there. Hope you're all having fun. Thanks, Suzanne. Everything is pretty good, um, pretty okay. Or as a former colleague used to say when asked how she was, she would say moderately well. So everything is moderately well. And yes, I am confident that all the cruisers are having a ball um, and I hope they're getting a tan and eating and drinking well and I'm sure we'll get lots of nice reports when they come back. Uh, let's see what we got here. 
Uh, Leo VT uh, says, uh, Laura, thanks for your columns every week. Never miss them. And I always appreciate how honestly you deal with your home situation. On a different note, is there any chance you could convince Mark to do some shows when health and time allow in the GTA Niagara region? It would be, be great to see Mark Conrad, yourself and others on stage locally. We can always hope. Um, let's see. Thank you so much for the, for the, for the kind remarks. As I said, I will be, I'm here at Mark's pleasure. Uh, Mark is a, an infinitely tolerant fellow and I am the luckiest uppity Jew mom out there with this amazing opportunity to talk to Mark's readers and fans. It's, it's, I just never, it never grows old for me. So, um, honored to be here and yeah, dealing honestly with my home situation. It's, um, I think being honest about things is good. I always say like, you should tell the truth. You don't have to tell the whole truth all the time, um, about everything's going on. You don't want to overshare, but being honest, I think, um, you know, in writing, uh, you have to have a voice and you have to be who you are. So, it's kind of what you see is what you get. Um, obviously you don't reveal like the nitty gritty. There's a lot of stuff that happens that is uh, really tough and other things that are really, really great. But, um, you know, having kids is the best thing in the entire universe and I'm really lucky and, um, special needs disability is tough, but, uh, one foot in front of the other. Um, as for local shows, like, you know, Mark, um, I think has been just utterly and completely consumed with these lawsuits. Um, you guys have all seen the, the effects on his physical self. It's horrifying to see Mark in a wheelchair. It is just terrible things. So I don't really know about, um, live shows, but certainly I am always up for, um, getting, getting the old band together. And, uh, I do appreciate you including me in such esteemed company, Mark Conrad, yourself and others. That is very, very kind of you. Um, yeah, maybe we could try to do a local get together, um, just of us, uh, stragglers. Um, I used to run a little lunch club, um, with local people, non, non crazy lefties, uh, a long time ago. Haven't had much time to do that in recent years, but it's something that we could possibly revisit if there was enough interest. So yes, let's think about it. Let us consider that. Thank you, Leo. Uh, let's see. We've got, oh my goodness, how time flies guys. We have about 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> we can go a little bit over because I, uh, have Mr. C, downstairs, uh, holding the fort. And, um, I actually asked him if he would like to say a few words, um, so that people would know that he is not a figment of my imagination. Uh, so, but he declined, uh, maybe we'll see if we can get him on air another time to give some words of wisdom from his, uh, inimitable Sephardi Israeli Persian Jewish perspective. Um, or maybe he's just happy to uh, not have to hear me for an hour because uh, he gets the uh, live stream from me, you know, pretty much 24-7. So I don't know. Okay, so let's see what else we got here. We got Fran, Fran Lavery. Hi, Fran. Uh, Fran, who I met in person in Montreal before the world shut down at the Mark Stein Christmas show, which was awesome. Uh, let's see. Fran says, Laura, would it be feasible for Stein online clubbers to devise a way to hold a silent auction to raise money for Mark's Ofcom case since the limited edition hockey sticks ran out and there doesn't appear yet to be a new fundraising method for his upcoming free speech case. I have a very intelligent Jack Russell puppy that I would be willing to put up on the auction block. Oh God a puppy, I will personally deliver him too. on a lighter note when a busy mom as you, uh, as you are, doesn't feel like cooking for hours. What is your favorite meal to serve your family? I'm running out of energy here in my kitchen. If you ever happen to hear what platform Anne McElhaney shares her weekly backyard recipe on, I'm curious where I can find it. Cheers. Oh, so I did not know that Anne, um, did a, a recipe feature, a backyard recipe feature, but I can make a mental note to try to find that out and, um, 
and then I will post it in the links. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. Um, let's see what else we got here. In terms of uh, supporting Mark, uh, silent auction sounds super duper complicated to me. Uh, the best thing as I and as the other members of the Mark Stein team point out is really um, gift certificates and mem uh, memberships in the Mark Stein Club. Um, those are just straight up the best way to support Mark in um, in the, this fight and in the in, in the free speech war entirely for the Ofcom case and also for what I assume is going to be the appeal um, of the man case. So, uh, so in other words, I don't know about other things and I'm not sure that there would be at this point, anything more effective than just encouraging people to sign up for the club, which is really great. Um, and, and, or gift certificates. Um, but I will, I'll also see if there's anything else cooking or percolating that I don't know about. Um, and as for dinners, um, I'm really, I'm really pretty lucky because Mr. C, um, has culinary training and loves to cook. Um, so we do share cooking responsibilities. Um, barbecuing is great. Uh, tonight I'm actually making the dinner tip for tonight is the, it's called the pasta. I don't know if you guys know about Allison Roman, um, you can look it up. It's her anchovy pasta. It's just amazing. Highly recommend it. It is really easy. Um, one of my kids made it first of all, and then said, mommy, mommy, we have to do this and delish, delish. So just Google Allison Roman, the pasta with anchovies. And, uh, I guarantee that it will not disappoint. It is delich, just delich. Um, let's see what else we've got here. I think we have time for like one more or maybe two more questions. And if there's anything that is just, you know, burning on the top of your mind and you didn't get to it, you can feel free to put a note in the comment section and, or you can shoot me an email if you like. It is my full name at gmail.com and I will do my best to get back to you um, or to take it up in Laura's links. Uh, let us see if there's anything that we can do quickly uh, before we before we part. Um, this has been really fun. I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, this time with me. I'm just seeing if we have any new voices here. Um, I I see a question from Hart Leonard. Uh, it's it's about Georgia and Texas, and it's a bit beyond my pay grade and a little bit long for me to go into. Um, so Hart, I just want to let you know, I see that question. Um, it's me here and not Mark today. So I think Mark would definitely be in a better <clears throat> a better position to answer that one. And other than that, uh, guys, I think we are coming to the end here. Oh, let me just take this one. Uh, it's, it's for Mark. Um, Mark, for the empty time, I've rewatched the one appearance of yours on Theater Talk that one can find on YouTube. And it would be such a nice election year distraction to, to enjoy your brilliant view of the arts. Failing that, perhaps just more anecdotes about Princess Margaret. Thanks, Rob. So that is definitely a Mark proper question. But I do want to uh, take that question and I will bring it back to what we talked about in the beginning because um, Mark is always encouraging people to have something um, to do something that you love that is not politics. Politics is all consuming, but if you're all politics, it makes you uh, sort of boring sometimes. So um, Mark has music and musical theater and a love of poetry and a love of the arts. And I hope everybody out there listening has some kind of, um, you know, some kind of a hobby, some kind of a thing that is not political that you can just get into and enjoy or enjoy with friends. Um, it's so important in these times to have something that brings you a little bit of joy to get that laugh happening. Um, so do do share with us what you guys do to unwind. Um, if it's seeing your kids or grandchildren, hanging out with friends, putting on a playlist like I did this morning and really just belting out the 80s and 90s 
um, pop tunes, dancing a little bit, or um, just enjoying funny things that other people say um, on X or on social media. Sometimes it's good for that. So we can't always be gloom and doom. Um, Make sure that you guys enjoy um, some laughs, some good food, and some good company. Um, As always, uh, appreciate very much you being with us this afternoon for the live Q and a, uh, appreciate all the prayers and good wishes, uh, encourage you to encourage other people to join the Mark Stein club or to buy gift certificates in support of Mark's, uh, fights for free speech. And with that guys, I am going to sign off. I'm going to leave you. And as I said, if there's things that you thought of, Uh, that you didn't have a chance to, do feel free to drop a comment and I will try to get to it in the upcoming edition of Laura's Links. And that is it for me. So we'll see you next time and uh, hope you guys had a great hour with me. Have a good evening, a good afternoon, and we'll see you next time. Bye.